Hi guys, it's your host Matilda, Hadiza, and Imama, and you're listening to the Africa Lipso podcast. everyone welcome back to another episode of the africa lipso podcast today we are joined by derek i'm going to stop there and just wait for him to pronounce his last name <laughs> spoiler i spent the whole yesterday okay just yesterday night trying to learn how to pronounce his last name but hey derek how are you doing i'm all right how are you doing very good so could you please do an introduction tell us about yourself Absolutely. My name is Derek Ofaudrenoi. I'm the host of The Medicine Show. So the platform or The Medicine Show is a YouTube channel where I teach Igbo cosmology and culture, uh, what we now know as Odinani or Odinani Ndibo. Um, I teach cosmology, culture, spirituality, just the entire, I guess, uh, intellectual space of our ancestors. I am also an advocate for Odinani, let's put it that way, and an advocate for Odinani in general. So um, I've spoken in different places and discussed with people one-to-one and so on and so forth. So that's the gist of it. Perfect. Thank you. And if you haven't figured out by now, we have Derek on here to discuss like pretty much the subject of what you already discussed on your YouTube, but to pretty much just break it down to us as much as you can. But before we do that, we usually, um, this season anyways, we've been asking our guests how it's been living through a pandemic for them. So let us know. Um, living through a pandemic. So I'm, I think by nature, I'm a hermit and then I'll like, <laughs> I'll, I'll be a hermit until like all of a sudden it's, I can't take it. And then I go and like binge on socializing. So it's, uh, it's been, I, I really, my lifestyle really hasn't changed that much, but now I can't binge with the socializing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've just, I don't know. It's, Have it's, you seen that affect you in any way? Honestly, I know I'm not the same as I was before the pandemic, but I can't quite put my finger on what the difference is. Like, Mm. I think the hermit thing got 10 times worse. And now when I am socializing with people, my first thought is, okay, I got to hurry up and get home, get home, get home, that kind of thing. So I've gotten really used to this. If you tell me I need to drive somewhere, I start grunting and groaning and all that stuff. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I think I've adjusted too well. So... I fear when they actually open things back up again, like for real, for real. Cause like everything we've been having so far has been a soft opening. It opens for one second. At least we're in Canada. I believe you're in the US, right? Yes, I am. Um, so you guys never really closed, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, to, to add on to it, I'm in Texas. So, oh! yeah, so you guys definitely never closed. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we did in the beginning. We we tried in the beginning, and then right. <laughs> everybody decided that COVID was over. And then they realized it wasn't over, but you couldn't get people back in the house anymore. And then yeah, so, yeah. So yeah, there was an attempt in the very beginning. I remember when it first, like I think it was. 2019 March or so, maybe March, February. I was sick. I actually ended up having it. Wait, 2019 or 2018? 2020? 19, I believe. 
2019. Oh, wait, my bad. No, 2020. Don't look. Oh, I was like, Jesus. I was Christ, like, yo, you were in this. <laughs> you were one of the early years. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no, I think I had it in 2020. I was recording one of my videos. I even said, I apologize. My voice is a little hoarse. I didn't know what I had. I didn't know what it was. And, you know, people were talking about it, but at this point, nobody was really taking it seriously. By the time it really started hammering people in the U.S., you know, I was like, oh, okay, that's what it was. <laughs> but, yeah. but at the time, I was working with this one particular company, and they sent us all home. And since then, I've just become that creature that is adapted to that situation. So Yeah. With any hope, like it ends this year. Like there's this Canadian health, is she the health minister or something? But like Dr. Tam? Yeah, and oh, she yeah was, I think she is. Okay, yeah, she was saying, like, it's possible that the pandemic could end in April. I'm like, you guys should just stop at this it's point. Just, end. just stop giving dates. Yeah. You can just say it's going to end one of these days, I hope, you know, but, like, don't give us a day. Like, I feel like they've just been feeding us, like, false promises since, and I'm a little more tired of the false promises than I am even Honestly, though the pandemic. because it's like, oh, the thing is going to last for two weeks. Two weeks is done. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks is done. Like, bruh. (laughs) Yeah. Like, this two weeks has definitely morphed into something crazy. Yeah. What does lockdown look like for you guys then? (laughs) (laughs) In the literal sense, it means we're locked down. Like, yeah. It's like restaurants are not open. Yeah. Wow. Gyms are closed. Gyms are closed. Like, I think movie. I think some movie theaters are open. I know before movie theaters were not open. Yeah, um, I think this this lockdown that we have now is like a soft lockdown because like yeah. I feel like they feel like people are going to go crazy. So like the malls are open and like stores are to fifty percent mm-hmm. capacity. But our last lockdown, literally everything was locked down apart from like the grocery stores and even those were like fifty percent capacity and stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah, it was actually locked down for real. I'm sure there's parts of the U.S. that went that hard, but Texas, I mean, they closed down. It just basically, okay, everybody worked from home, but nothing really changed. There was a time, I want to say either gyms were closed or were not allowed to operate at a certain capacity, but yeah, all that's gone now. It's just, we're back to, <laughs> we're yeah. back to yeah. <sighs> We can delve right into our, our topic today, and you might not know this, but since we started this podcast, we've been talking about like traditional worship and stuff like that, because it's always been a thing that we've been curious about most nigerians grow up either christian or muslim because those are the majority so none of us are really ever exposed not none but i feel like most people in urban settings anyways are only exposed to those two things so we were searching and then we found you and i've been binging your videos for real because i'm i'm just like yo this sounds so interesting like the whole concept of it i'm just happy that i get to see at least what existed before the colonizers came and did their thing but um i guess before we delve into it i'm really curious to know like what religions you currently practice uh, that's a good question. Growing up, I was never religious, so I didn't grow up Christian. Mm. Wait, were your parents not religious? My dad's not at all, not religious at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother is, but it's like, if you want to hang out with her, that's what we're going to go do. We're going to go to church, but like, she's not going to put it, put, she's not going to put it on anybody else. So I, mm, okay. compared to other Nigerians, um, especially ones in diaspora, I think my situation was kind of unique. 
Um, Wait, sorry, I, sorry to cut you. Did you grow up in Nigeria or outside of Nigeria? Well, both, but mainly outside. So I lived in Nigeria mm, for about okay. four or five years when I was younger. You know, but most that might of, make more sense. Yeah, most of my time has been outside here. But yeah, so I, you know, in the morning I acknowledge my ancestors. I'd say, okay, if we want to say Odinani is a religion, I'm an Odinani person. You know, what but is, Odinani? is it is it considered a religion though? No, not at all. No. Really? Okay. I think Odinani is evil spirituality. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, and then, you know, there's a lot of new age kind of spiritual things and they always say, oh, we're not a religion because in the West at the current moment with young Western people, the word religion has a negative tinge to it. Mm. So when I say that, you know, people are just like, okay, sure, buddy, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. <laughs> But the reason I say it's not a religion is because it's a cosmology, right? And that's all most of our ancestors, what we, when we refer to our spiritual systems, we're referring to cosmologies. Now, the big difference between a religion and a cosmology is that a cosmology is an effort to explain how things are. A religion is built on top of a cosmology and it says, okay, because things are this way, we are going to behave this way. Or because things are this, this is what the world is. This is the best way to be that kind of thing. So Odinati doesn't really say behave this way. Don't behave that way. That kind of thing. It just says, this is what it is. This is the cause. This is the effect, that type of thing. So, yeah. But then what would a religion be? Like a religion tells you how to live. Is that the yes. difference? So if you look at like the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times like atheists always try to like, quote unquote, argue against religion, but most of the time they're talking about Christianity. Um, and they always do this thing where they try to say that, oh, well, you know, the world couldn't have started the way the Bible says. So just those, those types of things. But if you look at most of what's in the Bible, it's not explaining anything. It's telling you how to act or it's telling you the right way to act or the way to align yourself most with God. It's not necessarily saying that leaves are green because of this or that the uh, temperatures change because of that. It doesn't go into what we call science, right? Um, whereas cosmology does. That's what it's trying to do. It's saying that this happens because of this. This soil is this way because of that, that kind of thing. There's little bits of it in Christianity, but it's because Christianity is built on top of a cosmological system. So what is that like? I guess in this case, what would this cosmology help you do, I guess? Or I guess, I mean, the point might be for it to not help you do anything. But like, I guess, what am I trying to ask? Like, what's the <laughs> goal, <laughs> I guess, of like um, the cosmology? If it just tells you how, like how, and why things are like what do you do with that information yeah so odinani the word odinani translates to as it is on the ground some people say odinala which is my dialect well, i say odinala. yeah exactly so uh, some people say odinala and so forth and that, that literally means as it is on the ground right on top of odinala is what's called omenala which is as we act or as we do on the ground. So there's as mm -hmm. it is on the ground, which is what I primarily go into explaining. And then there's what we do or omenala. Now, because omenala is based off of behavior, it's, it's okay because this is this way, we're going to act that way. It's closer to what you would identify as religion. And the interesting thing too is that if you look at like, you know, I'm always going to, I'm not always, but I'm going to refer to Christianity or the Abrahamic religions often in this conversation, I think, because it's one that most people are familiar with. But if you look at the Abrahamic religions, the Omenala, what you're following is the Omenala of Israel or the proposed Israel of that time. That's what the Abrahamic religions are. 
right? The Ten Commandments. God said, do X, Y, Z, blah, 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 when you enter the land of Israel. Okay, we're here. We're going to act this way, that kind of thing. So that's the Omenala of Israel. Odinani is closer to what the Israelis or the uh, Jews, Hebrews, so forth, would call Kabbalah, which doesn't really tell you how to behave. It just kind of explains why things are the way they are, that kind of thing. So do what you want to do, but this is how things came to be? Kind of. It's uh, if you do this, that'll happen. So you do what you want to do with an awareness of the effect, right? Mm. So again, very close to science, right? If I say that what goes up must come down, I'm not telling you not to jump. I'm not telling you not to jump off of a building. But with mm. that knowledge, you know that if you jump off that building, you're going to die. Exactly. <laughs> So, <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah, but yeah. So, yeah. So from there, people construct the way of life. They say, okay, if this is how the universe is, um, or if this, or if we're describing the universe from this perspective, how then do we align ourselves to live the most peaceful, conducive life possible, so on and so forth? And that's where you get omenala, or in translated in English, culture, right? So, yeah. So that. And I don't know if this is ignorant to us, but I wonder, like, is this a new way of thinking or or is this how, from your understanding anyways, your ancestors practiced their, like, spirituality and stuff? So one of the goals I made for myself when I started the channel was to not inject my opinion, to not inject how I feel or what I think is right or wrong, that kind of thing. Uh, my primary goal, especially when I began, was archiving. And so what I'm doing is I'm sharing it as it was in the past. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not adding any ginger or spice or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> or anything the, nice. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, there are things that I have discussed that I personally don't agree with, but it's not my place to say, okay, we're going to leave. We're going to cut that one out because it's not cool anymore or whatever. So that kind of thing. So all you do is educate on what was then. Yes. Yes. Like okay. a historian, mm-hmm. essentially. But I was just co- no curious thing. as to, because he said his dad wasn't religious and his mom was Christian. So I'm wondering, like, kind of how he stumbled upon evil spirituality. Like, just like, how did you kind of see it and be like, this is it for me? That's what cool. I'm curious on. Yeah. Oh, that's a very good question. So the thing is, you know, we're all Africans in here, right? So long as you're African and you are participating in your culture, whether you know it or not, you're already participating in the thing I'm discussing, right? So Mm there will be a very specific way that you're supposed to do things at, let's say, a Yoruba wedding, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to explain why you're doing it that way. You understand? I'm not necessarily bringing something new that you as an African have not already participated in you know? mm, okay. yeah so as far as me um i grew up around it so when i was a small kid i grew up in the village i didn't grow up in uh the city or anything like that and were you born in the village no i was i was born in the u.s i was born in a very small state called nebraska um but uh yeah, the the uh, that is very random. That is so <laughs> random. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so I, 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 my formative years, I think, from the ages of maybe four to about eight or something. I need to sit down and do the math one day. But for that little chunk of time, I was living in the village, so uh. I participated in it firsthand. Like I saw things happen firsthand. One of the stories I told on my channel was my brother, directly younger than me, his leg broke when he was a baby uh, before he was one, I believe. Yeah, definitely before he was one. They took him to a hospital 
they put a cast on him. The cast was cutting his circulation. My mom actually ripped the cast with her teeth. Um, but, you know, yeah. they were both immigrants and they didn't know that they can sue and all that stuff at that time. But yeah, my brother broke his leg. They went to the hospital. They said he's going to be crippled, that there's no, he's not going to be able to walk. And she went to another hospital, the exact same thing. So we went back to Nigeria roughly around that time. She went to several churches. You know, they did the whole, you know, praying and, you know, the thing that they do in the church it didn't work. And I had this uncle, great uncle named Dave. Him. And uh, there's a certain way he used to talk. He used to talk like this. And uh, <laughs> mom said that uh, he, he he was looking at her and goes, "When you're done wasting your time, come to me." You know, <laughs> like, I'm screaming. <laughs> <laughs> it was scary He's as giving pizza <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 one of those times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so finally, my mom. You know, my mom's a Christian, so she was hesitating. You know, because she knows Dechim was the last full blown traditional man in my family. You know, uh... and so yeah. So my mom finally, like last, last, last resort, gives up and goes to Dei Chim. Now, when I told the story in one of my videos, I said it was Dei Chim that did the healing, but it was actually his wife, that he was getting the info from his wife, but she's blind, or she was blind at that time. So she was just, in the, he was going back and forth. So what they did was they buried his leg for several days. <laughs> Sorry? Oh, yeah. They Can buried you explain his... that? Like in the ground or like in a pot? No, in the ground, like in the in the ground itself. Was it a special ground or just any random ground? Just, it was our backyard, just right okay. there. Like, I'm screaming. Yeah. So he was just sat on the floor <laughs> with his leg like, inside the ground. <laughs> Did you build yeah. a house around him? Like, I want to Like, I don't... <laughs> We're trying to understand the logistics. So, so like, he, he, her leg was buried in the ground. Did you put, like, boxes to cover him from, like, the elements? From, what, huh? no. from the elements? Or, so like, he would be healed. It's not the same ordinary Nigerian. It's just sun now. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he was outside, like, this in the night. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> So, no, we would go out there. We'd entertain him. Somebody okay, would have okay, to speak okay. with him. Aww. That type of thing. You know, we didn't just Aww. leave this okay. one year old. <laughs> one year old. <laughs> okay, no, that's that's a lot like, better. They're like, good night. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they did had him there. He did Afa to figure out what the issue was. Afa is the divination system in Igbo cosmology. And they figured out that the person he reincarnated from passed away very young and he had an issue or like there was somebody within um, his family that could have kept him from dying. And so he's still angry with her. And that part of the healing was that she would have to come and apologize to the child, which was my brother, who he reincarnated as. Like, it sounds like a Nollywood movie. Is that where these it things does. come from? From. I mean, I guess uh, I guess no, so. No. There must be some truth to like some of the things that they like they produce. But yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, it's all good. Yeah, no, it's not just. I mean, Nollywood has really bastardized this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's like a Yoruba movie because I grew up watching a lot of Yoruba movies, and Yoruba yeah. movies love a flashback. Like yeah, I watched yeah, one that yeah. had a flashback in a flashback, and like <laughs> the conclusion of the flashback is that someone needs to come and apologize. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So basically that. Exactly. So she came, she apologized, she cooked for him and things like that. And then they brought his leg out. They brought him out and they let him walk around. And like, I think it was that night or the next night, he just stood up and started walking towards a bowl of rice. Oh, no way. Interesting. (laughs) Right. I mean, do you think it could have been... Okay, no, never mind. Just go ahead. 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 (laughs) No, I was going to say, like, do you think that there could have been like a scientific explanation to it? Like, for instance, like, say maybe his leg just... to be in a stable position for a while like without it being moved around or like no the scientific explanation is what did chim did does that mm-hmm. make sense that's why i was telling you it's not a religion 
You can't okay. go to your pastor and have him heal your broken one unless you just like, oh, you know, all that, you know, the, the praying thing they do and your leg gets healed, right? Or the, 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 it's just, it's not feasible. In the West, there's a separation between spirituality and practical life, right? And in Africa, that's not the case. So the science that he was doing, if somebody calls himself a scientist, they would have to go ask DHM how he did it. There's this assumption that when I'm talking about these things, I'm talking about like magic or something beyond. Mm, I see what you're saying. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's also science. It's just it's like, also, you know, maybe science that's not as documented as what's in the West. Is that kind of what you're saying? Sure. Yeah. Just a different scientific legacy, you know? Well, yeah. I think okay. it still has like an element of spirituality to it because, oh, yeah. you know, you talked about like how he reincarnated, right? Absolutely. Yeah. He reincarnated. Yeah. And then, <laughs> the person needed to come apologize and like that part like traditional science wouldn't be involved in that part right um like western like contemporary you know i don't like saying well, when i say traditional like, science yeah i mean yeah, western science yeah. right so let me just say contemporary because everybody's following the western model now which there's nothing wrong with it mm -hmm. um but there are things that the western model of science is very new and if you were to tell me four years ago that I would be running this channel and talking about what I'm talking about, I would have laughed. You understand? I'm a very secularly minded person by nature, right? But as I started, you know, some things happened. I start kind of looking at taking the things I kind of knew more seriously and connecting dots more seriously. And I started seeing that there are things that we haven't arrived at in the contemporary scientific world. My previous thinking was that all of these things are based off of some type of ignorance, but you can't have a situation where every single culture on earth is saying the exact same thing and they are saying it because they don't know something. Right. And they said this thing and they used it to survive for hundreds and thousands of years. And they got to this point and, you know, we decided everything they were saying was wrong. So mm -hmm. if contemporary science does not have an explanation for that reincarnation facet of it, I have learned not to dismiss it because one day they may arrive to it. Right. There's a lot of things we do in Africa that over time it gets adopted in the West and they give you their quote unquote scientific explanation. Oh, yeah. Okay. And our mentality as Africans is to think that it wasn't scientific until this guy acknowledged it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, for example, now the thing they're doing in the West is they're trying to carry, like, tie babies to your body, like hold babies to your body. You see oh, these yeah. illnesses, that kind of thing, right? What they have not found out in the West is that if you place that thing on your back, not on your front, that the baby not only doesn't cry, but the mother can live her life completely while still mothering an infant, right? So if we reach a situation where you can carry your child to work, you'd be surprised at how calm that child is just to be in that particular position. Mm -hmm. And if you look at our people, they do that. They carry their child to work, so on and so forth. Now, the West hasn't arrived at a point, but I'm not going to say that that baby's being quiet because of magic. There are things mm -hmm. that we know that they, they, do, they do not know. And over time, you kind of start see, seeing them adopting these different things. They have these things now called, uh, I, I can't remember the term is for it, but a lot of companies are hiring uh, hermeticists and people that study spirituality to come into their company and help them build a work culture, X, Y, Z, so on and so forth. More or less hiring a Dibia or a Babalao to come and make these people <laughs> Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, so as I was saying, over time, you don't know where, who arrives at what, when. So I've learned not to dismiss anything or not to say that things are being done out of a lack of awareness or maybe because it's magic or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, I agree. <laughs>
like I literally have never like paused to even think about it that way like you know you know what maybe they just haven't arrived there like maybe what we're doing is actually scientific but they just don't know yet but like nah that's mad still oh let me use an example that we're talking about the pandemic the vaccine the process of vaccination was brought to this part of the world by African right Mm -hmm. by Africans and when it was first brought it was called um uh hoodoo they were saying, mm-hmm. oh, that's that African hoodoo, that mumbo mm-hmm. jumbo, that, 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 you know, it's, it's magic that if you take the blood of a sick person and put it mm-hmm. into another person, that person can't get sick. They thought it was fake. I think it was during the Revolutionary War that, um, there's a myth. I, I don't know if it's a myth or a real story, but around that time, they started taking it seriously because they, you know, when your back is against the wall, you're ready for all options. Yeah. So their back was against the wall fighting the British and they began doing it to a lot of their soldiers and they were finding that their soldiers weren't getting sick like the British soldiers. Mm. Right. And so after that, all of a sudden they found a, a white guy to say that he invented vaccines. Yeah. The truth is they just hadn't arrived at that point yet. Mm-hmm. And they were too blinded by what they believed about the source of that knowledge to take it seriously. So now in the modern day, we are those people now. We're the ones that don't take these things seriously because somehow we think we're better because we have, uh, I don't know, laptops, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we definitely need to give like ourselves and like our techniques like more props and mm-hmm. even just more acknowledgement because like clearly there's a lot and it that we don't respect and like you know we don't acknowledge and we don't know because we think it's less than because the west hasn't told us that it's good yet but we definitely yeah. need to give ourselves like more props and more acknowledgement honestly even like shit i need to do that too like <laughs> because like i legit would not have thought about it this way until you mentioned it just now so like even the you know the vaccine story also that was fascinating for me because it now made me wonder okay even for us as like i guess i also heard that it was a west african i'm not sure how true it is but who who kind of introduced it to white people quote unquote. Yeah. so my question then is like you know how did we come up with these like methods and things like that that have worked for is it just because maybe you can say quote unquote west africans are an older group of people in the sense that like maybe generational wise we have a longer generation to us as in how is it that for certain practices and stuff we have but then other groups may not have and I don't know if my question makes sense. No, I absolutely um, understand. Yeah, so like what what made a West African go in the case where, you know, I cut myself and then I take the blood of a sick person so I don't get sick in the future? Like what happened there? Like so I'm I mean, just, what's the process? Like what was the process? <laughs> Is it just, yeah, what was the process to discovery? It seems so crazy, but it's actually like, you know, I mean, Western science has proved it but like you know it's crazy to think about someone kind of coming up with that out of the blue (laughs) so yeah no it's uh, it's so the way it was developed is the way it's developed everywhere i know that's the boring answer right (laughs) right i don't like uh for example the if a if a dbs says that they can do something and they do it and it doesn't work that person nobody's going to that person again right Mm -hmm. so they're not just i mean today sure um some of them do but and just to clarify the dubias were like the native doctors right native doctors uh, yeah just trying to in case yeah so yeah so if a dbia says oh i can heal xyz and like right now with my uh my grand uncle who wasn't even a dbia by the way if we would have went to him and it didn't work i wouldn't take it seriously the next day does that Mm -hmm. make sense 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these things, one, just like the scientific process here is trial and error, proving things, so on and so forth. Another thing is there's a belief or um, an acknowledgement, let me say. There's an acknowledgement in our ancestral system that everything there is to know in the universe, you already know. It is already mm. inside of you. And that knowledge does not come from the outside in. It comes from the inside out. This one is always a hard sell for me to to, to when I tell people because like, oh, <laughs> I'm getting shivers because sure. I'm like I know everything already. Really, <laughs> I'm screaming. Why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> So oftentimes within our traditional systems, we have methods for opening different aspects of learning. And when I say learning or different aspects of maybe, let me call it remembering, right? Mm-hmm. So This is already within you, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So well, there's this young girl, um, I'd say I'm pretty good friends with her now. Uh, we've talked on Facebook every now and then, but she was on BBC Ebo and her story was that she, you know, she's a very smart girl. Like there's no reason for her life to have been panning out the way it was, but very smart girl. She graduated from school and after that, nothing was working for her. She, she'd go somewhere. She, I think she said like within five days, they would fire her as she'd go from one place to another. Things were just not working out for her. And mm, you know, giving jazz. Exactly. <laughs> yeah so um yeah so she was saying that she'd go to try all these different things they weren't working for her nothing that boys would come to talk to her after a while they would just not they just lose it like they just go you understand and so she didn't know what was going on and so you know she went to her different methods you know nigerians always have a hierarchy of places they go of course yeah First the church, next is the hospital if it's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then at the last, 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 last minute, they'll go into, they'll go into, uh, what we call e-mafia, the bush to, to find the demon. Oh my gosh, Nollywood really. <laughs> wow. No, no, let's not give Nollywood that. Let's not. Give, <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's, that's the only place I've ever seen that before. No, the, 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 the hierarchy, same. right? The hierarchy, no. like. No, no, I've seen the hierarchy in real life, though. Oh, in real life, dead ass. Really? Okay. I've never seen oh. that in real life. I've seen yeah. hierarchy. Even with my life. story with my mom, her last. Yeah, resort. that's true with your mom. <laughs> Wow. I guess Nollywood wasn't as wild as we thought That's it what was. I'm saying. It, it was, was actually taking it reality. from something that was happening in real life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So she finally goes to a, a Dibia and the Dibia told her that she has what's called Ishagon. Ishagon is an individual who was brought into the world to be a Dibia or a healer, right? And that when you have Ishagon or when Agon takes over, it's a, there's a part of yourself called Agon. And that's the part of you that knows all things. That's the, mm-hmm. when I say that we're already all knowing. There's a facet of your essence called Agon that knows all things. When that part of you comes into the world to be a Debia. It's uncompromising. Nothing else is going to work for you until you sit down and face your work. Once you sit down and face your work, you can move on. So they told her that, and you know, she was thinking of all these Nollywood movies, like, ah, I don't want to be so wretched, you know, <laughs> you know sitting in the, in the bush. Right, that kind of thing. That so bush she's scene. Like, yeah. <laughs> So she's like, ah, I don't know about that. So she was avoiding it, avoiding it. So finally, you know, she kept hitting these walls. She's like, finally, okay. Uh, what the DB, I think, told her was to ask her ancestors to show her the way. So she finally did it. And I'm probably butchering her story, by the way, but it's the, this is the general Paraphrasing, gist. yeah, that's Paraphrasing, fine. Paraphrasing, exactly. So finally, she had a dream where an old woman, once she said hey, that, she had a dream where... Me that even know, I'm afraid to let me not go and dream some kind of dream. But continue. <laughs> focus on the point of this message. Don't focus, don't I get it, but... 
I guess, honestly, if I was just living my life and then someone told me I'm actually meant to be a Dibia, I was just like, oh. No, you'd be running. You know that story of how, um, you know, in the Bible I where think it was prophets Jonah, run right? from their destiny. Jonah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll be running or run, run, run. <laughs> it's actually funny because I feel like some people actually feel the same way about like whenever they're called to be pastors, they're like, please, this is not why I was here, but okay. Exactly. You guys nailed it. Yeah. So the same thing. She had a dream that this old woman was walking through a forest and was saying, this plant right here heals this, this, and that. This plant over here heals this, this, and that. Mm. Somebody's going to come to you in the morning and they're going to say that there's something wrong with them. Give them this plant. And so then she woke up and and again, she's telling the story on BBC, but I know her personally. This is not somebody who just comes and says, uh, just... I, went, I, I don't want to say something, but... <laughs> I was no, about no, to no, I went to her lamb back, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why do you want to say it's worse? Not Mommy Jill. Yeah, but... Oh, man. Yeah, so somebody then came to her in the morning, sat down, and he's like, oh, you know, is your parents here? Or something like that. And then she's like, no. And then uh, he looked like something was wrong. And she goes, what's wrong? He's like, oh, you know, I think it was a stomach. That My stomach's been bothering me. I don't know what to do, man. She was like, oh, my God. And then she's like, okay, hold on. So she went and got the plan. She did as the dream instructed and the guy, guy was feeling better. Thank you. After she did that, then she was like, okay, I have to take this thing seriously. So that is one of the ways that these, it's a, my long ass answer. Uh, that's one of the ways that the knowledge is derived. Our ancestors take things such as dreams and divination very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at, you know, if you want to look at contemporary science, a lot of the great scientific discoveries came from dreams. You understand? Uh, another way yeah another way they know is the philosophy that all things manifest themselves like all of creation is a pattern manifesting manifesting there you go (laughs) 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 so all things manifest themselves again and again and again so that if you understand something on one level you're going to understand at all levels right um one of the things sorry explain that more yeah for sure so for example right um i am a man right um I am, I as man manifest as sky on the nature level. I'm, I'm also the sky. So that if I want to understand that thing within me called man, I have to look at the sky. That's where I'm going to learn about it from. Right. Um, the sun also with that as well. Um, man also. I'm I'm just, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Wait, sorry. I didn't, how I didn't are know you how the sky, the sky yeah. connected to the, like, I didn't know how I, I wasn't sure if I missed something. Sorry. Well, let's look at it. Let's do the most easy one to understand, okay, which is the okay. connection. Yeah, which is the Our connection. Our eyes are not open. Our third eyes are not open. <laughs> We're trying to open this. Please take it mouth easy with us. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, all good. So the most easy one to understand is the connection between woman and earth. Okay. Right? Okay. So that if yeah. I put a seed into a woman, it'll grow something. It'll grow whatever that seed is supposed to produce if i put a seed into the earth it'll do the exact same thing um just there's mm-hmm. like, it goes into different layers so on and so forth so, so go ahead so question is how come so how come the man is the sky is it because it's the opposite of the earth not really <laughs> how do i explain <laughs> I <don't> that know. <laughs> <laughs> wait, do, wait actually one second sorry wait Derek, yeah. before you go into this do you have a youtube video on this i think how does that might just watch that youtube video um oh wow so i have a video called amadioha explained and i think amadioha okay i'm gonna write that down 
Yeah, so Ahmadi Aha Explained does what I believe is the best job at, um, so far, I'm, I'll do a specific video on that topic. Uh, okay. But it does one of the best jobs of explaining that connection between man and sky. Like, okay. Uh, mm, masculinity yeah. and Makes sky. Makes sense. Okay, yeah. I'd like to take this actually back to, like, kind of go a bit back, because we've been yeah. explaining a lot of things without really giving, like, okay, a basis man. of an understanding of the belief system. Yes. I feel, yes. yeah. Okay, so cool. I, I would really love to understand what, what the like major beliefs are. Yeah, are there like three core principles or something? Why three, Mama? I don't know. I'm sorry, three <laughs> just came to my head. Okay. <laughs> it might be four, ten, whatever. Are there core principles that like you know that the belief has or like that? What do you call it? Control the belief system. Sure. Mm. Um, so the foundation of Odinani is the concept of duality, the concept of chi and eke. Now you've heard, you know, other family members or in Nollywood movies, people say chineke, the term chineke, right? Mm-hmm. Today we use it to say God, but mm-hmm. chineke is actually chi, which we can call God, right? Which is a creator. And then eke, the creation. So when we say God, we say God and universe as oh, one thing, right? So They're one and the same. Now, in this, uh, going back to Hadiza's, had, I'm sorry, Hadiza's uh, question, uh, the in this configuration, eke creation is feminine. The chi mm. is masculine, right? So the chi is the conceiving force. Uh, one of the best ways, or one of the easier ways to understand it, is a book and the idea to write a book. So I can have an idea to write a book and that idea is going to manifest itself as the book, right? Mm-hmm. And so if I want to understand that idea, I have to look at the book. I can't look at the idea. So in mm-hmm. Igbo cosmology, the chi is not depicted. You don't depict the chi anywhere. You don't see any shrines for chi, that type of thing. You can build an altar and they call it obi chi, which is the heart of the chi, but it, it itself is not your chi. It's a, it's a visualization of all the things it takes to make you as a person. Mm-hmm. So the concept is chi and eke and this formula between chi and eke repeats itself throughout nature again and again and again. So on the, on the highest level, it's chi, we call chuku, the creator, okay. right? And then ne chuku or eke or wa. She has many different names, which is creation itself. So it, again, with the book and the idea, it is not the idea that we face in order to understand something. It's the book itself. The book will tell us what the idea is. So what you'll see in Igbo cosmology is that the main abara, the main, um, the abara is, um, like the forces of the elements of nature, the forces of nature. People have translated as gods. So the main abara are always, or almost always feminine. And the abara that are feminine are always tied to things that are tangible and, and, and real. So the earth, for example, she's a woman. Water is a woman. Uh, the four uh, elements, which are fire, water, wind, earth, are all feminine. Are all women? All those things are feminine. I know so, that's what was in my mind. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it was me. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So that pattern, chi and eke, repeats itself again and again and again. Right. So the reason I said earlier that the man is connected to the sky is because the sky is then connected to the chi element mm. and the woman is connected to the earth, which is connected to that ike element. So mm. what does this kind, what is this, or how does this manifest? Again, remember the chi is the one that doesn't manifest. It's not tangible. So that's the sky. You can't put the sky in a cup. You can't hold the sky. It's there. You understand, but you can't, it's not something you can 
hold tangibly, right? It's, a, it's, a, it's an abstraction. The earth itself is tangible. It's real. It's reality. It's aka its creation. So when our ancestors are either forming medicines or doing ironsmithing and all these different technologies and things that they used to do back in the day, these are the principles they're using to do it. Now, earlier I said that things manifest themselves on different levels. Kind of a shortcut into understanding herbs and healing is that plants usually look like what they affect in the body. So that mm. if you need, like, for example, if you find um, like an algae or a kola nut, which is red, a proper one will have four chambers. The kola nut has a healing effect to the heart or has effect on the heart. Y'all can Google it. You know, that kind oh. of thing. Yeah. So the oseaji, which is the alligator pepper, if you break it open inside, it looks just like a human brain. That thing has an effect on the brain, right? Uh. Those those different things. So again, this is based off observation. Nah, yeah. people were smart. I'm so- I still <laughs> smart. No, I'm so upset. They sold us a lie. <laughs> I'm screaming. Don't you crying? And it almost <laughs> seems so common sensey. Does that make sense? It seems common sense, but like it still takes a lot of observation and like yeah, you know, like they just made us seem like savages. Like not that I ever bought it. I did honestly when I was small, but like. As an adult, I guess not so much, but as a culture, we kind of have really bought into this. Oh, yeah. But I'm so sorry. Like, Derek, I was just kind of um, taken aback, surprised, mm-hmm. impressed, no, actually. But yeah. yeah. So if you look at, like, for example, and this is one of the ways I try to put it. If you look at Nigeria, right? And then you can look at the whole of Africa, too, but I'm going to just isolate Nigeria in this situation. If you look at the population density in Nigeria, it's ridiculous, right? Like, it, it doesn't make sense that that many people, if you compare it to other patches of land in the world, that, that many people live on that patch of land, right? And it's always been that dense. It's always been a lot of people. So how would that many people survive for hundreds and thousands of years on this land if they did not have an intimate understanding of that land of or a land. Understanding, True. right? Because uh-huh. if one one pandemic can wipe out an entire group of people, but one thing that our ancestors used to do is that when a woman is pregnant, they'll take a cup, uh, a bowl, and they'll put it outside of the house, and it'll collect rainwater, and it'll just be beat up by the elements. And then when the child is born, the child is made to drink the water from uh-huh. that, that right? So that there's nothing that comes from nothing in the environment of that uh-huh. land that can affect that child at a level that will kill them. Right. Mm-hmm. That's like immunization, kind of. Literally, I was going to mm-hmm. say. Exactly. So now they can still get sick, but again, their body knows when that thing enters, their body knows, oh, okay, here's this thing. Now, here's another part. If you are traveling from far away, if you're coming from, let's say you're coming from Benin and you're coming to my village, before you enter my village, once you enter the, the mouth of my village, the entrance, you somebody will come out and wash your feet. Why? Because our ancestors understood that whatever diseases were in that place, not that that place is diseased, but whatever diseases were in that place are going to be in the soil. It's going to fall onto the soil and stay onto the soil. Now we need to get that off your feet before you enter. Before you come and meet a newborn child, when a mother has a child, you don't just wash your hands, but you also wash your feet. Right? Mm. Give you sanitization. What I'm saying. So you. Mama so, is always giving something. There's this picture these Europeans have of them sitting there, these Africans watching their feet. And they took it back to Europe to say, oh, they see us as gods. You know, they drew it like, look, look how much they're like, no, you are just dead seed. No, no. <laughs> now, okay, so when you go to the cultures in Asia, before you enter your house, what do you do? You take off your take shoes. Off your shoes yeah. Exactly. Now, here in the West, here in the United States, we haven't arrived at that knowledge yet. We don't know. 
And if we knew, we don't respect the people that gave us the information enough to acknowledge it and respect it. So we're waiting for a white person to come out and say, hey, by the way, don't do that. Then we're going to stop. Yeah, I guess it, it, you kind of already answered it. But I wonder also like where a lot of the information that you have on this um, comes from. And I, I guess in conjunction with that, could you walk us through your journey of actually coming to it? Because you talked sure. about how when you were younger you you lived in the village so like you you saw it firsthand but you still said like you you still ended up growing up mostly secular so how did you come to into this then yeah so as far as now when i'm doing my research i i use different sources so one of the main sources i use is i have a research library on my patreon i forgot to shout out the patreon come the on it's uh, patreon.com slash the medicine shell. So we have uh, a lot of people in there and we have group studies and things like that. So we're all pretty cool with each other right now. And uh, one of the benefits everybody gets is access to my research library. So right now I think I'm reaching 400 some documents in there. If I Ooh. find any document talking about anything within Igbo culture, history, cosmology, I immediately download it or buy it or do whatever it takes to get a hold of it. And put it in there so that everybody can read it. And then I separate it by category um, so that, you know, if I say something and somebody wants to go reconfirm or see if I'm just making it up, they can go and look in the uh, folder and so forth. Uh, so that's one of the things. That's one of the sources. Another source of information for me is the Igbo language itself. So a lot of these words, if you speak Igbo, they're self-evident. They were, it, it tells you exactly what it is. We're, you know, we're used to the English language where there's some words that are quote unquote big words or coded words that you have to now figure out what that means. Like if somebody said microphage and you're not a into biology, you wouldn't know what that means. But the word microphage is a Latin sentence that just means big eater. Right. But mm -hmm. just due to the history of Europe, it would, it, we don't want to call it big eater. It would, it would sound quote unquote stupid. So we call it microphage. So it sounds fancy. Well, a lot of African languages don't have that dynamic. So when you know the language and you're discussing the, the topic, you don't really even need to explain the topic because it's right there in the name. Like I can mm -hmm. say AK is creation, but the word AK is literally ke creation, AK creation. So if I were to say it, I'd say creation means creation. It wouldn't make sense, right? Yeah. So the language is another, another source. I always check everything with, against the language. Um, another source is our masquerades. Now, one of the things that's interesting is that people don't understand that our masquerades were a form of documentation. Most of the masquerades you see are documenting a very specific concept or event or person. And everything the masquerade is wearing, how it dances, how it moves, where it starts, where it ends, what day it starts, what day it ends, what moon it starts, what moon it ends, all tells that exact same story. So an equivalent or something to understand is learning about Martin Luther King by watching the movie Selma. You understand that's a mm -hmm. Selma is a form of documentation, right? So same thing with the masquerades. Um, and then of course there's the lived experience, you know, which I guess I'll get into of seeing these things firsthand. So when I was younger, I was, I didn't realize how fortunate I was, but upon talking to a lot of people, especially Igbo people in diaspora or Africans in diaspora, really, I came to find that I think my parents were a little more open-minded about these concepts and part mm -hmm. and proud of them. They, they weren't ashamed of these things, you know? So I know that when I was younger, my father blessed us into the old society, right? Mm -hmm. Um, the old society. Sorry, the what? Owu? Owu. O-W-U. Owu. Old society. Owu society. What yeah. is that? Yeah, so Owu is the main masquerade in my area. 
Um, mm-hmm. it is like, uh, it's like a, uh, it comes out in two forms. There's Owu and there's Okorosha. So a lot of people will be familiar with Okorosha if they're from like Emo State and things like that. I didn't know that's how you pronounced it. I always mentally pronounce it as Okorosha. But Are you talking about never the mind. No, you're talking about the governor? No, no, like, I mean, like that, like, no, 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 no. not the governor, like, um, that masquerade. <laughs> that's, I guess I mentally pronounced it like the governor because, like, that's the only way I've ever heard ish that word pronounced. Yeah. But I also cannot speak Igbo, so there's also that part, so Nonsense. never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so it comes in those two forms. But what those masquerade societies were in the past were academies where all of these things I'm discussing, you're going to have firsthand experience of learning it and that type of thing and discovering it and taking part in it and so forth. But the, when you get blessed into one, it's more or less saying that the ch- we as children are acknowledging and showing respect to it so that when certain, like when we achieve great things in life, the OU is going to come and celebrate with us, going to dance in our house, right? Like if I do something great, OU is going to come and dance in my house. And then there's certain O at night that I can watch that other people can't watch because I've done what's called Imam Mo, right? To know the spirit, that type of thing. So my dad went and had that done for us. We always participated in, in like kind of like things like associated with masquerades. Like anytime they were out, we'd go watch, we'd have fun with it, that type of thing. We'd sit around, we'd listen to stories from older family members and so forth. But in my head, all these things just registered as like, Okay, it's just culture, it's fun, whatever. I didn't know that if I looked closely at it, that there was so much meaning behind all these things, Mm -hmm. right? And so when we came to the U.S., I grew up, I would say, atheist, agnostic at times, primarily atheist. And so I put that whole culture in like the religious, so they don't know anything kind of box of my mind. And I went about my life and so on and so forth. But I was always fascinated with history and I was always fascinated with African history and things like that. So I'm studying these things, but anytime I encounter something that didn't register in my Western trained mind as logical, I'd put it in a certain category and I'd leave it alone. Right. And so finally, I think it was when I was learning about the Haitian revolution, Mm. I saw that the core of their success or the reason that thing worked was because of how connected they were to these beliefs. And how these beliefs were actually used in the process of liberating um, Haiti, because people don't know, but that Haitian revolution, I mean, it wasn't just that they fought off the Europeans, they fought off Napoleon. So while they fought off Napoleon, the rest of Europe was being destroyed by them. They couldn't, they couldn't beat this guy. And all of a sudden, here's this island of enslaved people, and they successfully pull it off twice. Mm-hmm. Right, two times because he came back again for revenge, and they beat him again. again. And I think he came back with a bunch of allies. You understand? Yeah. So I was like, okay, what is that? What, what? What? And then again, put it in the box. I said, okay, that's kind of weird. Put it in the box and kept going. It was around the time I got married. I want to say 2017. When did I get married? I had 2017. Hey. <laughs> Well, your wife will hear this. So um, around 2017, you know, know, something just changes when you become a married man and you begin to realize that what you thought prior or what you believed about the world was the construct you built as a child. And in order for Mm. you to grow further, you need to re-examine that child's construct of the world. Mm. I also started seeing some very interesting things, right? My wife had my son and she'd be across town and she'd call and say, why is Namdi crying? And he's Mm. been crying. Mm. (gasps) That is so cool. Yeah. And it, it happened. My sister, the same thing. I mean, mothers have this connection that's different and it's not, you can't look at, you know, your 
Western whatever uh, to, to understand it because most things could pertain to women are dismissed. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, there's something, there's something more to all of this. So I started really taking these things seriously. And I started, I, I got rid of the idea of let me not dismiss anything. That was the first thing I decided. I'm not going to dismiss anything I, that's beyond my belief. And I have not stopped since. Like I, my, I feel like I, as a person, there's a lot more peace to me. My mind has expanded tremendously. I'm more focused on my goals. I'm able to actualize things in a way I wasn't able to prior, you know, and it, and that was kind of the journey. It was, I, my, I give my wife all the credit in the world just for being a woman. Shout out to women. <laughs> right. <laughs> and being able to show me that there's an entire facet of creation that I am not taking seriously and that maybe I should. So yeah, that was it. Okay. So I do have a question though. And like, this might be, actually, I don't think this is, Never mind. I'm not going to ask because I don't think it's the most appropriate question. So, (laughs) okay. I was just going to say, I mean, honestly, obviously if you're not comfortably, if you're not comfortable answering, that's absolutely okay. But I guess like, I was just going to ask like, how did like your family and like your wife and just like your close friends around you react when you decided that you wanted to kind of go on this journey to learn more about a religion i mean not 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 a religion but like you know something that is not like i guess i mean i think machida might ask this question later on but like something that's generally like demonized in i guess the western world slash even like a lot of african communities as well yeah yeah but i feel like it's different because you were coming from a space of like atheism rather than yeah, I guess that's from true. a Christian space. Well, I think it's just more for his, we don't know anything about his wife and what her yeah. own belief system was. So. Yeah. No, my wife's not religious at all. Maybe I shouldn't say that out loud because her parents will, you know. Are we still hiding um, from our parents even in marriage? That's not us. Never ah, it never ends. ends. I'm so sorry. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that type of thing. So, Nobody in my family has a problem with it, right? At all. You know, in fact, they've been very receptive and they've been, it seemed somehow to them, it seemed natural. Cause I was already kind of, you know, <laughs> I was kind of, I was already kind of, you know, all, to, all into different ideas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so forth. So it was already natural. Again, my, my father is not religious at all, but uh, we talk about these topics all of the time. You but know, you say oh. he's not religious, but like when, again, like I, gu- I guess you made the distinction between like religion, religion and, like and spirituality. This. But mm-hmm. when you mentioned that you were initiated into, initiated, is that the word? But yeah, um, yeah into the OU and stuff like that. Isn't that still a certain level of participation in the spirituality anyway? Or is so, that more of a cultural thing? Because so he might not be religious. Yeah, let me put it this way. Yeah, because I mean, I think, uh, I apologize for interrupting. You were kind of saying kind of what I was going to say as far as religious and cultural. Um, but I do want to make something clear. Everything cultural in Africa is spiritual. Every, and I think I said earlier that, you know, we participate in Odinani and Ifa and all these things without even knowing without it. All, knowing, there's yeah. no such a thing. There's no such thing as like, oh, this is just purely secular. All of it is there. But the, oh, joining OU is more similar to enrolling in, in Harvard or in my area than it is to any particular thing, if that makes sense, or maybe joining the ROTC or joining Boy Scouts or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's an organization and it's it's important to the land and so on and so forth. Um, but it's not necessary. Like I don't need, there's nothing I need to do to be a man. Like I'm 
I'm like a, oh, isn't that like they call it small member? Like again, the masquerade will acknowledge me. It won't chase me and that kind of thing. And so, but in that he's not religious, he still follows his traditions. Like he still, Mm -hmm. he doesn't shy from his traditions at all. He follows them to a T. And so, would a Christian in your community still be registered, initiated? No, Christians don't join. You know, exactly. That's kind of why I was asking the question, I guess. But don't Christians shun everything that's not that's really that's (laughs) That's, that's, that's the thing I really want to delve into. (laughs) Really, really do. Yeah. So, and I apologize. You know, I'm not. I mean, let me not say I apologize, but I'm not saying this to offend anybody who's a Christian. But Mm -hmm. Christians are just against everything. And so, you know, and if it's not directly from the Bible, it's automatically evil. I I, I get the sense that that's kind of the mentality. So when you say something like, you know, this person joined, oh, it becomes, oh, no, you know, this person, I don't know, they've maybe they're participating in some type of X, Y, Z or whatever. But if you now go to the same Nigeria and join the Boy Scouts of Nigeria, that's okay. The white man has sanitized this one. Now, if you (laughs) Google if you google the boy scouts the boy scouts of america was started by a white south african or british man in south africa after he saw how much the um zulu age grade system was building up young men to be brave and disciplined and courageous and things like that he said oh we need this in england too uh, to strengthen the, uh, the the character of our young children, so he went back to England and started the Boy Scouts organization. Yeah, package it, you know. Exactly. <laughs> so nah, the way Africans exactly. started everything for real. <laughs> yeah. So if it, so, again, you know, our version of that in my place is oh, right. Mm-hmm. So it's the Boy Scouts. So yeah. it, it's not like uh, he's not going to go there and like magic start shooting out of someone. <laughs> <laughs> it's not not hogwarts yeah it's an organization it's a men's organization though my sister's blessed in as well um equality okay yeah so um it's just it's an organization and it's it's founded in the worldview of our people so it's not completely it's not separate from it you know uh but at the same time using you know i don't know how to explain this but once it clicks, it clicks. But in the Western world, religion and everything else is separate. In Africa, it's all the same thing. So but you there's... know what's? Cr- I'm Go ahead. so sorry. I'm super. I do this thing where, like, once the thought comes into my head, I, I feel like I need group. to. Yeah. yeah. Um, but <laughs> it's just based on your last statement. I actually don't think religion and state are as separate in the western world as they like to make it seem because when i think of it a lot of the practices that like pertain to like like religion like christianity for example is very rooted still in the cultures right of the people that the religion originated from do you get what i mean so i feel like there still is an aspect of their culture that was translated in the religion so i think it's the same with us but when we were introduced the religion we were told to do away with also our traditions and stuff because everything then was demonized even though the religion carries our culture so that means by doing away with like the 
and I say religion, but as you said, like it's not necessarily always a religion, but the the spirituality, the belief system carries our culture. By doing away with that, we're also doing away with like a lot of the stuff that has helped us even survive up yes. to this point. Yes. And that was what gave me a sense of alarm was the fact that we complain up and down that oh nigeria has this problem that problem so on and so forth and then as i'm looking further into these things i'm like oh, okay well no wonder you have that problem you took away this pillar that holds up this roof and you're talking about mm-hmm. now that your roof is is tilting of course that kind of thing um so let me to to answer that right the world you're in today like let's say you're in canada or the united states we are participating in the spirituality of the Mediterranean and parts of Europe, right? But primarily, mm-hmm. but you don't know it, but you, we, we do these things and we don't ask questions. Why do judges wear black? Why is it that when he bangs a gavel or she bangs a gavel, I willingly get up and I walk myself into a cell and stay there for the rest of my life? Why do I have to say that the constitution comes from God? What is the statue of Liberty? Why is that necessary? Right? All these things. What is Canada? If, 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 what is that? I'm, we're all just pretending where the thing's called Canada and all of a sudden it's real, right? We're participating in it. So the spirituality of Africa gets called religion so that it can be put face to face with Christianity. But if you take away those terms, spirituality and religion, all these things, you'll just see this is life. This is just what life is. You understand? This is how people understood. We have this, my own last name, Alpha Derenwa. We have this thing called the Alpha in our culture, and it is a staff, right? It's a staff of authority, but I mean, there's a lot more to it. I have a video on it called Alpha Explain. I go really in depth, but it's a staff. And what it said that is when you're holding the Alpha, you do not lie because this staff is the staff that all of your ancestors before you have held. And that when I pass, I'm going to give my Alpha to my firstborn son, who you may or may not have heard him in the background uh, earlier, right? And he's going to yeah. pass it on, pass it on, pass it on. And we're holding these things that we cannot lie, right? So we look at that and we say, oh, that's spirituality. But then you go to court and somebody says, bring Bring out Hand your, you a Bible. Bring out your Bible and swear, and then you do it, right? Mm-hmm. And you participate in the Roman paganism of a lot of Western institutions, but you don't you don't see that as oh, okay, that's spirituality. Because this term spirituality confuses people. And I use it for algorithm purposes. This is just life, you know? The or religion, it confuses people. If you look at what is being, what, what I'm describing, and somebody said earlier that it's very common sense. This is just explaining life and some of the facets of it that seem mystical, so on and so forth. If you look deep within, you'll, it doesn't look that different from what you're practicing today in the Western way. You understand? At the highest levels of power in the West, they understand this completely. They make oaths with each other. They make packs, all these different things. It's a very well understood thing, that type of thing. It's for the average everyday person to figure it out. Good. Then we typically don't. That kind of thing. So. Yeah. Okay. I I have a, a question as well. Like that's along the same lines because I'm Christian, but I'm, I still have a very big interest in understanding these things and like how they existed and seeing if there's ways to incorporate it into my life. But still understanding that I am I am still Christian and that like I can't really take that I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take that away but um so like okay when the Europeans came and everything you know they they believe like all that like the Africans were doing was like paganism and stuff right so as people were passing through the missionary schools because that was their main <laughs> their main weapon I guess their main um, yeah. way of like you know 
what's the word I want to use? Brainwashing. <laughs> I guess it's the way of integrating religion into their lives and stuff because like these young people come, a lot of them are boarders, they come from their homes and everything, and then you teach them that like, you know, the way they were living before is wrong and like take on Christianity and then so and so, like the, it goes on and on. But okay, now that process has already happened. I wonder, is there a way for us to go back and to like just pick aspects and rediscover our cultures and like way of life while still having our beliefs now that we are Christians or Muslims or whatever we are at this point? And is there like, I guess we already discussed why it's important because it holds our culture and it's our specific context. But how do we then do that without? And I guess maybe it's a hard question for you too, because like you came from mostly a secular understanding. So there was never really a big conflict for you, right? Oh, the conflict with me, you know, was the the thing that I thought was secular and atheist itself was a religion. And part of that religion says that you you don't believe anything that didn't come out of a uh, university in the in uh, Western Europe or uh, North America. And it sounds funny to say it that way, but it's, that's just what it was, you know. Oh, what's what's the proof? Uh, cite your source, all that, all that stuff, which is just me saying which white man gave you this information, right? <laughs> and so, so I had to let go of that in order for my mind to kind of open up and to start acknowledging things as they were. And what was very funny was that after learning more about Odinani from a, a place of respect, I started respecting Christianity and Islam and all these different beliefs ten times more. Hmm, right? How so? Um, because you understand what they're saying, right? And I think that was kind of the explanation I needed. I didn't need the do this. I'm, I'm, I'm by nature, I guess, contrary is the humble word for it, right? So <laughs> if so, if you put something in front of me and say, eat it, I'm going to ask you what is it and why. And so the cosmology will explain the what is it and why, which then makes you more comfortable. Okay, I see why people eat this. I don't want to eat it, but I get it. Right. So mm-hmm. it made me understand those things a lot more. It made me understand things about Christianity that Christians, uh, maybe at the Vatican, but not the average Christian doesn't understand. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, how does somebody reconcile? The issue is always with the Christian space. You understand? So that, <laughs> so that <laughs> if a person acknowledges Odinani and goes to church, there's no actual issue within what we call Odinani with you going to church. There's no problem with it whatsoever. But it is there vice versa, like on the other But end. the Christian end has a problem with the opposite, right? With the Odinani people and so on and so forth. So it's for Christians to, I don't know, maybe calm down a little bit. Imama is our residence um, pastor. Okay, um, excuse me. Yeah. Hey, mama. <laughs> <laughs> not the resident pastor you know what show <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's for the christians to to find peace with these concepts it's not it, it's not the other way around there's no way around it either um it the christianity in nigeria is very particular right it's not the same christianity in, in europe and where it came from christianity well, it in makes nigeria, sense it yes, makes, sense it makes sense because origin. of the origin yeah. of where it came from. Like exactly. they had to actively make us demonize those things. Exactly. And that creates a whole different brand of Christianity. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that I can talk to a German about these concepts more comfortably than I can with most African people, which is insane. 
you know, but it's just how it is now because the Christianity in their place wasn't so, there wasn't this strong emphasis on anti-African, this, this, and that, right? Uh, because that wouldn't make sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as, you know, kind of making peace with those two worlds, I think the future looks a lot more like you guys, where you guys have your beliefs, but you acknowledge that a lot of what you were told about the past and your ancestors was not true or maybe coming from a place of bias or coming from a place of propaganda. And then from there, you have, you're able to look into things and, um, see whether it makes sense to you or works, so on and so forth. But mm-hmm. there's nothing within Odinani or any African system that says you can't be a Christian. You must do this thing. Now, there are certain things within your culture, or I call it Odinani as well, where, like, for example, now, if you are to be an is it or the, uh, the leader of the, not the leader, but like the, uh, the spiritual leader of the community. You, of course, it wouldn't make sense for you to be a Christian. And oftentimes in Africa, when they, when somebody, they try that, it always ends up being a big disaster. You know, my community, we're having a big issue with that right now, things like that. But like, for example, in the Yoruba culture, a lot of people would hesitate to take an Oni serious if he went to church, right? <laughs> so that if you, unless you're the, but for everybody else, you know, uh, making peace with these ancestral topics is, or or this worldview comes from you reconciling your own Christianity. It's not necessarily the two sides have to start agreeing or anything like that, but you have to acknowledge that your own Christianity is a very specific anti-African Christianity because it's not that paganism as, as it is called in the Abrahamic faiths is condemned, right? The European, the Northern European paganism is a big part of our world today, right? Thursday means Thor's day. You know, mm-hmm. Friday is Freak's Day. Saturday is Saturn's Day. All that, all that is pagan. I'm dedicating these days to these specific, sorry, these specific forces, right? That's all it is, but that's fine. But it's the African one that the Africans have an issue with. If I say that today is Ike and you start, you know, scratching yourself and feeling you say, weird. Go for beef. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> scratching yourself. It's all you. And I think we've reached a point now where within our generation, most people are at peace with these concepts. That's why, like, I haven't gotten the backlash. I thought, oh, you'd be surprised. Go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. Derek, no, I don't agree <laughs> with you. I think ahead, you must be talking to a lot of Nigerians in the diaspora because yeah. I don't. <laughs> or maybe it's people you surround yourself with. Let me no, yeah. let, me tell, let me tell you something. The ones in the diaspora are the most, like, they're the ones that have the most issue with it. And I don't understand. I'm trying to figure out what that is. It's yeah, I personally that... don't agree with that because sure? I just came from Nigeria <laughs> and my people are still wilding. <laughs> okay. Not wilding, but, like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like there are definitely people in the diaspora that still hold very strong like belief systems that like a lot of times they don't really question. They were just like raised with it. But I still think that maybe a little like anyways, all of, all of these things are really just who we're surrounded by. So we can't really speak to the masses or anything. Yeah. I get a lot of messages where people will say, Oh, my parents, I'm afraid to ask my parents because this, this and that. And it's like nine out of 10 times they're always in the diaspora. The ones in Nigeria, mm. what I hear is, Oh, that's true. In fact, we used to do this, this, this and that. That's what I always get from them. Even they're a Christian. It makes right. sense. Like when, when you go abroad, you, uh, you feel the need to like uphold your culture or more. traditions more. Okay. Yeah. Or instill it to your kids at least. Like even if you don't really believe it or whatever, you just say like just do it because when I was in Nigeria we did it. Do you get? Okay. Yeah, maybe that kind of thing. Yeah. 
I don't know. Do you ever get, do you get messages telling you like what you're doing is evil? Uh, no, no, I don't. Um, I think I sometimes I feel like my sister in law is afraid of me. But I, <laughs> Wait, dead ass. <laughs> that's, that, that's hilarious. That's uh, hilarious. In our family. Yeah, I'm screaming. Yeah, my uh, like you can read her mind or you can see her future. Maybe. I don't know. My, <laughs> my father in law is a very strong Catholic, you know, but he jokes about it. He's like, uh, oh, let's ask Derek since he's a deviant, that kind of thing. Or, <laughs> Wait, but do you um do you what do you call it? Do you see yourself as a Dibia though, or you're you're not? No, no, I'm not a Dibia. It's a calling, yeah. isn't it? Though a Dibia is a calling, and a Dibia requires initiation. Um, mm. I think that one thing we do, um, especially in Odinani, is that we kind of put everything on the shoulders of the Dibia, and because we understand it as a religion, it's like okay, if this is a religion, then who's the priest? Okay, the the, the closest thing would be the Dibia. So okay, that's the. But that's not what it is. A Debia is a scientist, right? And so if I'm, if I'm trying to learn about American culture, I don't necessarily go to a scientist or a doctor, right? A doctor, I go to a doctor and be like, Oh, can you explain what the uh, pledge of allegiance is? Like, bro, are you sick or not? You know, I kind of, like, <laughs> so a Debia is a doctor. So a lot of, you know, people always ask me that now, are you a Debia? Are you going to become a Debia? That kind of thing. And I kind of want to emphasize that the Debia is not the center of Odinani or it's not the person that mm. the knowledge comes from per se. Uh, there are Nzes, titles like Nze, Oza. There are societies such as Owu, Epe, all these different ones that have these different knowledges and that type of thing and knowledges that have these different degrees of knowledge and they share it and so forth. Um, mm. So no, I'm not a Debia. There isn't like a center of knowledge no, or anything. There's, no, there's not. There's not. A Debia is a healer, a doctor. Um, but a Debia, the word Debia means Diabia. So Abia is like wisdom from beyond yourself. Right. So wisdom from, from something that is not, that is not your own. It's not your wisdom that you have. So when a person receives that type of wisdom from beyond, right, from beyond themselves, a Debia is a custodian of that wisdom. So you're supposed to use that wisdom to help other people. The analogy I always use is that when you, you know, if you leave a babysitter with your child and you give a babysitter the remotes and keys, you're not necessarily giving it to them to own and drive around and use it for their own benefit. You're, they're supposed to use it to serve your children because your children can't use it. So that's what a Debia is. Now, that being said, a lot, 90% of Debias don't look like what you would identify as a Debia. Anybody that has some type of divine um, and like knowledge or enlightenment is a Debia. The Buddha is a Debia. Um, Jesus is a Debia. Uh, Muhammad is a Debia. Please don't say it on our podcast before the podcast. I'm screaming. Derek said it's not what happened. It's the truth. What happened? They don't know our location. Have you ever come find this? Okay, okay. I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm totally joking, guy. But this is the truth. It's it's somebody who receives wisdom from beyond themselves. So there's a wisdom that you have, which is Akko. That's the one you uh, build through life and things like that. And then there's this wisdom that it's not yours. It doesn't come from you, but it hits you. And all of a sudden you start doing it. You talk to a lot of musicians, they'll say that's how their music came to them. I was just in there one day, all of a sudden a flash hit me and it it told me to dance this way or told me to make this music. That's Uche. Mm -hmm. That's Orabia. It's 
the wisdom from beyond. And once you receive it, there's certain rules for taking care of it and using it for other people. If you use it for yourself, you know, that type of thing. That's why when I was telling the story of that girl earlier, she's a very intelligent girl, but uh, that wisdom she was receiving, that healing that she was receiving, or the plant knowledge was not for her for to benefit her. herself. It was for mm-hmm. other people, right? So that's what a DBA is or that type of thing. But uh, that being said, not... Most Debias, like for example, like a lot of the inventors that we know in history are Debias. Anybody who brings something into the world from a place of knowledge is a Debia, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Thomas, mm-hmm. how many Debia I know? Yeah. Okay, Tom. Oh, I'm absolutely joking, please. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love seeing the like parallels be- between like different belief systems because yeah. I honestly feel like. A lot of times, even though it's not necessarily the exact same things, there are really parallels. Yeah, there's a lot of like commonalities. Explanation. Yeah. So it's like when we fight each other and stuff, I'm just like, come on, we all don't like, just come on. So we are the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was, that was one of the reasons I kind of had to humble myself. And it's like, how is it that everybody in the world is saying this exact same set of things? And I'm just so smart and modern that I, I'm above it. And I just, oh no, it's not real. They are all just, it's, it's almost like conspiracy theory thinking, right? Mm. So I had to slow myself down and say, okay, what, what are these people saying? And why are they saying it? What does that mean? Right. And from there, I came to find that it didn't really, it didn't deviate too much from the way I thought already because like, like you guys said earlier, it's a lot of it's common sense or a lot of it. Once you Asian, it's all just right there in your face. Like, Oh, duh. You know, that kind of thing. Mm. It's interesting because the thought usually is that everyone is saying different things. So who's correct? So nothing must be correct because everybody is saying. Different I mean, that's things. one conclusion to come to, but like, yeah. I think. When you live through life and you're a little bit observant, uh, anyway, this is this is my conclusion. I think when you're a little bit more observant, I feel like it's just hard to also believe that, they, like, I don't know, I don't know, I I I don't know. I haven't died. I don't know what's after. What? Oh wait, wait. We never actually asked if there's a belief system for what happens after, because I've mm-hmm. heard that like evil sp- spirituality doesn't actually believe like in that like whole judgment thing they're big on like reincarnation and the ancestors the ancestors your judgment happens in real time right Mm. it happens in life it's cause and effect right oh like karmic exactly or that's similar yeah but similar but it's really it's like again if i jump off this thing i fall i'm not gonna jump off this thing and or jump off a building and then once i get to heaven i'll feel the pain or once i get to hell i'll feel the pain (laughs) i'm gonna jump and hit the ground i'm gonna know okay i'm not supposed to do that now if i were a nice person i'd go tell people who didn't know better hey don't do that you know you're gonna this is what's gonna happen and so forth so there's an ilu that says where a man falls is where his chi pushed him down Right. And your chi is like your, uh, your personal God. Right. So the, the understanding is that when these things happen to you, they, let me put it this way. There's no difference between the laws of God and the laws of the world or the laws of nature. So that if something happens to me, there's a direct cause and effect right there that I can measure. Right. And so forth. 
Um, and much of what a person who is a studier within Odinani is, is learning those cause and, cause and effects and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, those different uh, things. So, but when you die, what happens is each person is a composite of three facets. Your first facet is your chi. Your chi is the spark of creation, the spark that brought you into creation. Some people call it a personal God or your personal, your, the peace of God within you. It's from your chi that you get life. It's from your chi that you get your purpose and your sentience and things like that. It's also from your chi that the things in life that happen to you happen, right? Mm. There's the ilu that also says that um, if people are plotting ill against you, your chi is in attendance, right? Now, whether or not mm. that ill... Yeah. <laughs> Wait, sorry. Come again. Yeah. Your chi's are not... <laughs> How is your chi in attendance? Sorry. Yeah, if people are plotting evil against you, your chi is in attendance. That's that's the evil. What does that mean? Like, Uh, let me ask you, what do you think it means? But how is your your chi chi knows? How does your chi know? Your chi. So so does it mean your chi is all knowing? Kind of like your chi is all knowing. Yes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like kind of like God, like contemporary definition of God which is like all knowing all seeing all hearing yes right so if okay. you have for example so remember I told you earlier there's a chi and an ak that creates all things right yeah so we have the second part of us that we have is ak so I know that I have ak because I have a physical body I'm a part of creation I'm a physical feature in creation so if I have this ak I must also have a chi that does not manifest it's not it's not something I can put in a cup and hold but it has the nature of chi just like I have the nature of ak that type of thing, right? Okay. So, so again, so you have your chi, you have your AK. Now, the ilu I told earlier, typically I would like, I ask other people to tell me what they think it means because the value of an ilu is thinking about it, is like chewing in it, chew, or chewing in it, chewing it, and that type of thing, and enjoy, seeing what it brings out of you, right? Uh, there, I think uh, Chinua Achebe made the quote very popular, and it's, um, uh, ilus are the oil that we use to eat uh, um, words, right? Or proverbs are the oil that we use to eat words. So it's my it's brain is spinning me, Derek. I don't understand. <laughs> this is a higher plane, Matthew. <laughs> I literally have it unlocked. I'm serious. My bad, yeah, my bad. Uh, okay, so anyways, back to the parts of what happens when no, you, you were explaining the ilu. So I just really. I, I I got chi and I got ak, but yes. ilu. Are you saying that it's ilu, not? Let's, is it ilu proverbs? Yes, it's like proverbs exactly. Yeah, so like wise sayings, wise sayings, right? That type of thing ilu. is a part of your being. No, 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 not at all, not at all. Oh wait, so what, what are, are the three different? Wait, Imama, please, these are new <laughs> concepts. <laughs> Derek, okay, there's three. You said there's three main components of every human, right? There's four. Four. Of everything in existence of everything in existence has four. Ilu is not. I I said I used an ilu to try to explain the chi. So he used a oh. proverb to try to explain. Some of these things are too. That's so much for you people. <laughs> okay, shut up your ilu also. <laughs> Please break it okay. up. Possible. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, so. There is the chi, which is your spark. Like, right. I, so I have a physical, I'm a part of creation. There's, mm-hmm. there's a part of me that is, a, I'm a, an expression of the earth. I'm an expression of the universe, right? I'm made of minerals and all that stuff. So that's okay. AK. So, okay. Then there's the, the same conceiving spark that created the universe. I must have 
my a spark my your own. own yeah and that is chi. chi now people call it a people either visualize it as a piece of god within you or people visit mm-hmm. visualize it as your personal god but either way it is the thing that cuts you out in nature and makes you unique and gives you your purpose and all that stuff you understand okay it's, perfect okay so there's you have your chi you have your ak you have another part of you called agun. We talked about this one earlier, right? Oh, um, some people will call it onyua, which means you're a universal person. This is the part of yourself that reincarnates, right? Oh. So when we say reincarnate, it's not that all of them come back. It's just this particular part of you. Okay. Now, your onyua is the part of you that has a purpose in the world. Well, the fourth one is called mo, which is, we translate now as spirit, but it's closer to aura. Right. So I have the part of me that you can see and you can interact with. But then there's a part of me that you can't see and you can't necessarily hold and touch, but it has effect. Right. Is it more like an impact? Like, like a personality? No, like a kind. No, like your aura. It's like a light that's that comes from you. Right. Have you ever walked into a room and you like, let's say, like if you're borrowing your friend's car, you walk in there and, and you get in there and it feels like them. Mm-hmm. No, it's more like it's more like well, it I mean, smells like yeah, them. smells like yeah, I was going to say that. Like scent. you can tell that this is or there's something about that area. Let's say somebody, let's say Matilda, mm-hmm. if Matilda lives in a space. And Mat- I didn't know Matilda lived in this space. I can say, and they say, okay, between three of us, who, which one of us lives in this space? I can say, okay, Matilda, confidently, Matilda lives in this space. Necessarily an aura, though, right? It's a personality that created that space. Is well, it? Go ahead. Yeah, you're, that, that, that light, your aura, right? Everywhere you go, you leave traces of it. It's everywhere you've been. Right. Everywhere you go, you leave traces of it. So, so like another example is like if everybody in a room is very sad and then somebody comes in the room and they're really up, they're really happy. They lift that person oh. is the person that's up is going to decrease a little bit while the people that are down are going to increase a little bit. And that so could like even energy. annoy some of the angry people. It's energy. Thank you. So that could even annoy somebody because they want to be angry at that time. You understand? But it's this part of you that you can't see, but it interacts with the world and you interact with it and so forth. Like mm-hmm. another example is like when you, when you're thinking, the process of thinking, when you go, where did I leave my keys? Right? When you're thinking in your head, who are you asking that question? Your memory. But what is that? What is your memory? You. It's 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 the the, the it's that's the more pretty much more exactly. mm-hmm. memory is connected to more exactly yeah so okay. in order for you to have thoughts there has to be a two way dialogue in your head in order for you to exist there has to be a two way existence that type but it's intangible right okay, okay. so when a person dies all four of those facets go their separate ways the mm. eke returns to eke dust to dust. Yep, you got it. So that eke returns to eke. Some people say the chi returns to chi. Some say or to chuku. Some people say the the chi never leaves chuku. That kind of thing. So however you word it, but the the chi it goes its separate ways. And then the part of you that reincarnates that agon or onyua begins the process of coming back into the world to fulfill its purpose. Right? Because remember, it's the part of you that has a purpose or a reason. So what it does is it returns to chi and has its reason reaffirmed. And then it and the chi connect and return back to eke, which is creation, the feminine aspect. And the feminine aspect... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say that's when I return to your brother. 
There you go. Yeah. So um, the feminine aspect, when you return to the feminine aspect, the, the creation, right? AKA is creation. When you return to creation, you make an agreement with creation that once I enter this world, I'm not going to violate your rules, right? That's the main thing. And AKA will then put you into the world based off of that purpose you said you told her you were coming to do. So you're going to be born to, and then because the woman and AKA and AKA, Anna, the earth and woman are connected. You come to into reality through a woman by way of a woman because it's all one. It's all the exact same thing, right? You come into reality as a woman, but remember, she gives you clues as to who you are, or she creates you. You you are created based off of what that purpose is. So if you're tall, you're tall for a reason. If you're short, you're short for a reason. If you have a loud voice, you have a loud voice for a reason. All those things, your absolute truth, the the the, the facets of you or the, the the truth about you is all connected back to your truth. So earlier you're saying, is there like a central tenant in Odinani? I would say that the closest thing I can say to a central tenant is to find and walk your truth, to find and live your truth, because those truths are divinely inspired. You are exactly who you are, and you are created perfect, and you are created that way for a very specific purpose. And one of the ways you can know that truth is by listening to your chi. And then what does that look like? The things that resonate with you as true are of your chi. The things that don't resonate with you are not of your chi. Now, you don't have to listen to your chi. You can do what you want. There's an ilu that says, what a person, if I will it, my chi has to follow or my, my chi wills it as well. So you can go off the path, but you're going to feel it when you do. Again, cause and effect. So that when you come into creation, there's a road that's already paved for you to walk now and, and a destination. Now you can walk through the bush to get there, but it's going to feel like you're walking through the bush to get there. And when you get on the road, you're going to have to increase. It's going to feel like increased speed of getting to that place. Now you're going to think that, oh, okay, that maybe because you're not seeing these things, they're abstract. You're going to think that maybe you're faster in this direction or yada, 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 but it's because you're moving on that paved road. It's going to resonate, right? So that type of thing. So uh, that's kind of the process of reincarnation and rebirth and how that all resonates and registers and so forth Mm, interesting is it possible that the part of you that seeks to come back to earth chooses not to come back yes or is that a natural cycle okay yes so have you read the book things fall apart no actually crazy enough i've never read it Okay, so when things fall apart, Okonko kills himself. Now, mm-hmm. oftentimes people interpret it as uh, he was just so angry at the European colonization and people following them that he decided to kill himself. But he was making a very loud statement when he did that, based off of the cosmology of the people on the ground. When you commit suicide, the signature of that act is, I don't want to return. Because one of the agreements you make with the creation is to not kill and in particular, not kill yourself. So that if you kill yourself, you are not even in like in our culture, they don't bury people who have committed suicide. Huh. You are, yeah, you are wrapped up and you're put in a very specific forest because you've committed an abomination based off of the earth, right? The earth does ab- abhors that act because you're killing her child. Even if you chose to kill yourself, you're still killing her child. So, or imagine somebody kills somebody's son and then the restitution is to take that dead body and put it in the mother's bedroom. It would be, we would never do that. So we don't bury people who have killed themselves. That's one of the ways a person chooses not to come back. People can also choose to come back in forms that don't necessarily make sense. So some people can, you can die as a man and come back as a woman. 
right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to behave like that person you reincarnated from. There's going to be a very strong connection behavior, but you come back in that form. Maybe in the previous life, you were tired of the burden of being a man and maybe you wanted to be cute. or maybe and vice versa maybe you were tired of the burden of being a woman you want to come back and have people respect you promotion exactly you don't want to deal with me (laughs) right so that can happen as well um, an individual can reincarnate into multiple children at once. It's not just one person that has that. Like I share, uh, me and my cousin at Mecca reincarnated from the same person. And I think, uh, I have another cousin. I can't remember. I can't remember, but me and him for sure are reincarnated from the same person. How uh, do you know? Sorry. If, I don't know if that's an intrusive <laughs> question. Yeah. So one of the ways they find out is Afa. They'll do Afa okay. and they'll figure it out. Um, another way they find out is, um, like they'll have somebody who specializes in finding out and they'll call the child multiple names. And when they say the name of the person, each time the child's going to, um, react differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then another way typically of find, this was a controversial one, but they say that most mothers know who it is, right? Um, they say that most mothers know who it is. And this one gets disputed for some reason, but I am of, I am inclined to believe that. So, but they have different ways of figuring it out. If you go to the village in land, sometimes, or not even sometimes, a lot of the times they'll even call you the name of the person you reincarnated from, especially mm-hmm. if you're going to go visit their previous family. Or you'll have like at my wedding, there was this like, uh, I'll say probably 70, 69 year old man who came to visit me one day. He was following me everywhere. And I came to learn that he was my son in a previous life. And he would treat me like his father. Like he would look at me like a child would look at his father and that kind of thing. Right. In fact, I need to, I need so to send there's him. still, there's still a memory. Yeah. Yeah. There's still a memory. So and well, I thought that was in the, um, in more. Um, yeah. That. Okay. So let me be more specific. Your, your own, that part of you is going to walk a very specific path. Like it's coming to do a very specific thing, right? Or to not, not do a thing, but live a specific life, right? And part of the, the type of life it's going to live is going to be based off of things that happened in the previous life. So maybe calling it memory won't, is not a hundred percent accurate. It's not you, accurate. Yeah. It's yeah, not a direct can, translation. Exactly. Yeah. But you'll come back and you'll be like my son reincarnated from my grandfather. You understand? <laughs> and. My grandfather, every single morning, had to read an entire newspaper and drink tea and bread, and then he'll start his day, right? And he woke up early anyway, so he was, even at that, he was still ahead of people. But he read an entire newspaper every single morning, and he had half a year of education, but he was extremely well-read and very intelligent man, right? My son comes out, and this, and it, you know, <laughs> it's funny, but... Every single morning, my son has to have his tea. Now, with Nigerians, I don't know what tea means, Ovaltine, right? So every single morning, my son needs to have his tea. And my son is what is classified as hyperlexic, right? So he's able to read. He's three and he reads at a uh, probably like a third or fourth grade level and Mm -hmm. that type of thing. And the exact same, if you check back home, my, my grandfather's story was that when, when they enrolled him into the missionary school, he picked up the reading immediately, like immediately. Mm-hmm. He was obsessed. And then his dad died and they could no longer afford to put him in the school. So they took him out. So he always had this feeling of 
sadness about education because he always wanted to be fully educated. And so he really emphasized it with my own father. Now, my son has this very strong desire for education and learning, that kind of thing. So it's kind of, it just, it's, it, it may not be a memory, but you're going to come out and behave a certain way because of it. But now I, as a father, knowing this, I have to make sure my son gets the full scope of that education has to offer. Cause I know that in the previous life, that's what he uh, was missing. He was cheated at that. Yeah. Wow. This is actually so my interesting. Head. It's a lot to like process. Yeah. <laughs> like my head is definitely about to pop, but like, it's so interesting. Like, I feel like I'm going to go like watch all your videos like 10 times to like fully but get let, this. Let, let me give a disclaimer. In my mind, I watched some of them and I'm still having a hard time wrapping my head around this. But I think it just makes you be more observant because like i think in life especially now how busy it is and everything we don't we actually don't observe things as much at least i know i don't like there's certain things that i feel like you would when life is slower that you just don't have the um luxury of right now like because we're almost running on autopilot so like it takes a certain level of like um, intentionality to try to like hone in on those things and observe things like that like yeah but um thank you so so much for joining us like this has been so my brain is like i think i'm my brain has been doing gymnastics like (laughs) since the beginning like (laughs) because i'm going to have to actually go and listen back at this really to to fully piece everything together again but thank you so much for giving us like something like an intro but again please plug your youtube and your um, patreon because this is important stuff yeah Thank you. Yeah. So if you're interested in watching the videos that everybody keeps saying they need to go binge, um, <laughs> we are on YouTube slash The Medicine Shell. The Medicine Shell is all one word. So it's YouTube slash The Medicine Shell. And then if you, so I have a Patreon. So if you want to support the movement and so forth, you join the Patreon at patreon.com slash the medicine shell. Patrons have access to my uh, library. So my full research library. So if there's something that I brought up that you found interesting or something you want to read more about, yes, it's all right there. I have close to 400 documents, books, articles um, written by Dibias, Nzes, Azaz, researchers, uh, firsthand things. And then I also go into a lot of the other cosmological systems in Africa, such as Ifa. Um, I have a lot of documents on Hudu, which is the North American interpretation of all these things. Obey, Santeria, and so forth. I go into all the, as many African systems as I can. Um, so that's available for patrons. We also have a group study. So what we do is every two weeks, uh, we meet up on Zoom. We pick a different topic and we have like a breakdown in a conversation and try to understand it more. Like the last one we did was, um, on masks. And I used the use, there was, um, there's, anyways, there, there's a whole thing in the NBA about what, they're trying to ban wearing masks because they're finding that it's enhancing players' performance to wear a mask. So we went into why that is and what our ancestors had to say about masks and how masks are used for healing. So we, we just go topic by topic, things like that. Um, and that's available for patrons. Um, and I also do one-to-ones. So originally we had an in-house Debia, but as of the new year, I discontinued it because our, he became a little too busy and it wasn't, it wasn't going to work out. So what I've started doing was I'll do one-to-ones. So 
Just about anything a DBA can tell you, I can tell you as well. Uh, the big difference is I don't do divination. I don't prepare medicines. And um, I'm, it's more so advice from an ancestral perspective than a prescription. So um, I do one-to-ones for the patrons and so forth. Um, but if you're not a patron and you want... So you're almost a DBA. Uh, almost, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I... So the title I look, I'm looking at taking is Nze. Right. And the title of Inze is a living ancestor. So it's said that a person who's an Inze is a Dibya. Um, but an Inze, Inze doesn't necessarily like prepare medicines and things like that. It's not like a doctor. You're more like a person that has a lot of knowledge and uh, principle. And because you have knowledge and principle, you can be of use to the community in that facet. So I'm looking on taking that title. It's a lesser note. Ladibia is very, very popular. So, uh, but I'm, I'm going to go with the Inze route. Um, my grandfather did a ceremony where our family has what's called Inze Obere. So we're all kind of Inze already. I can call myself Inze if I want to, but I want to do the full ceremony before I do it. Um, but yeah, so that's the one, the ones are available. Um, yeah, and that's all at patreon.com slash the medicine shell. If I haven't talked too long, I'd also like to talk about the school, um, the Igbo language school that I've started. Ooh, okay. okay. Yeah, that's really cool. So if you go to kedu.me, it's K-E-D-U dot me, I have launched an Igbo language academy. And it's not just Igbo language, but also goes into customs because all these theories, you know, they're nice and all that stuff. But without the customs, once you get the customs, it all connects. It all makes sense. Um, oh, my gosh. The website is level. beautiful. Yeah, I just stepped into it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thank yeah, you. go ahead. I made, I made it. I made it. I'm very proud of it. I made it myself. So, okay. um, yeah. So the at kedu.me. So there's three different levels. So if you don't know any Igbo and you just you have no current relationship with it. Um, my mom, head. Yes. Please. I'm slightly advanced. Okay. Stop this. I'm like intermediary. You would start you would start at level one. Uh each course goes for three months. And what's particularly different about this is that the method of teaching is rooted in what how our ancestors understood teaching to happen. Again, it doesn't come from the outside in. It comes from the inside out. So what we do is we work on, for individuals, like for example, at level two, a lot of people at level two will say things like, I can hear Igbo, but I can't speak it, or that's all those different things. So that means the language is in you. So we help you build the confidence and comfort with the language so that it can come out of you naturally in a safe space where you're not going to be laughing that or judge or anything like that. In doing that, we also teach through conversation. So you have your lecture or we call it a group study or group study. And then you have your coach and your coach is just somebody who's going to just talk to you in the language um, every day for about an hour or so until after three months, you are going to be able to speak the language. You'll be comfortable. So it's all designed based off of what I've learned on the ancestral lens. Um, I created it because I, this is something that I personally wanted to exist when I was younger, because once I moved to America, I lost the language. So it was, I always told myself that I wanted to do this for the coming generation and so forth and people like myself. So yeah, uh, kedu.me, you can enroll there. There's also kedu for kids. So we have a, a teacher who specializes in teaching kids um, from the ages of uh, three to eight. And so if you got kids or nieces or nephews and you want them to learn the language, you can enroll them and it's it's a lot of fun. That that, that particular style is their class is very fun. Uh, so yeah, that's Kedu. And uh, you know, Kedu.me, uh, patreon.com slash the medicine shell, and then of course on YouTube, and that's really the best places to find me. Yeah. Thank you so so much. Oh my gosh, all of this is so exciting. Like so much to learn. Yeah. 
Love to see it. Thank you so much for lending us your voice here and like having this conversation with us and like, you know, sparking our interest. We will be binging mm-hmm. and we will stay in contact. Maybe Ooh. even I, yeah. I know how to define it now, Ninibo. So like, I guess I'm also, I'm interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Not the one thing that you learned ever since Jess yeah, was Yeah, but I took Ibo from Jess 1 to Jess 3. So I think Ooh. I have the right to actually take intermediate. I am actually that define, define it now. Aha, bu, aha, Madu. Anu Madu. Madu. Come on. You're so annoying. Oh my gosh. I'm screaming. Yeah, but thank you so much. And you guys, we will catch you next week with another episode or actually Minnesota. And that will be the last one of the season. But yeah, we will catch you next week. (laughs) This is actually a fun episode to end the season with. It is. It really is. Then you guys can go and like Go and learn more. Open your eyes. You know, become more observant and all of that fun <laughs> stuff. Honestly, we're actually out here doing like proper work, you know, educating the masses. Love to see No, it. I've been listening to some of your episodes. Yeah. What you guys are doing is phenomenal. You guys are having <sighs> conversations that people are having in their heads. I don't know how to explain it, but they're having it, but like they need to be had out loud. Yeah. Or somebody needs to- oh, thank, thank you. Because yeah. you guys are doing it. Um, you guys have a lot of light to your personalities and it's super fun to listen to. So if you're one of my listeners or patrons, go ahead and subscribe. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> to Afro Calypso. So yeah. All right, guys. Bye. 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 Have a good day. Bye. Thanks for having me.